connected to each other in a circle in a hoop that doesn't end have you ever heard the wolf cry to the blue corn moon or ask the grinning bobcat why he grins why can you sing with all the voices of the mountain can you paint with all the colors of the wind can you paint with all the colors of the wind? In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. That was beautiful. Amen. So we're back for part two. I'm still yeah, that was, we've never had someone else sing to open the show. And, and that, was, that was Sister Abinadi. If you are just tuning into this episode, this is part two. So make sure you go back and grab part one. We're talking Do to Sister Abinadi, also... Some may pronounce it Abinadi, but it's Abinadi. Um, Sister Abinadi is a trans woman, uh, grew up in Utah County, was a sex worker for many years in Utah County, and we've been hearing about all her sexcapades. Uh-huh. Now and we're so- eating Chex Mix because we're professionals, <laughs> but know. we've had a lot to drink, and we need some carbs to soak it up. We do. And under the, under the table quickie right oh, now. Oh yeah, so we're having Sister Nadi's uh, cocktail, which is another under the table quickie. We are. It's so exciting. And the thing is, it, it can be any cocktail you want because that's the point of it, right? It's oh, just anything so you make funny. with a anything you make with a mini bottle of liquor. It's <laughs> an under the table quickie, right. and you make it under the table. Right. And so, in the first episode, we talked about how a lot of Sister Nadi's childhood was sexualized. Yes. Um, and there was a lot of shame surrounding those experiences. And we talked about how she became a prostitute. And we asked her a bunch of questions about the Johns and how she started making money, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We got into foot jobs uh, <laughs> a little bit. Just touched we on We got that. into how... With the, go- with, just touched it gently with the feet. And now we would like to know where you'd like to take it from here. And we can take it any direction you want. It's like, we're your horse. <laughs> you get to choose. Oh, my. Well. Um, Let me, I want to say something first. You wanna, do you want to chew up that Chex Mix before you say it? No, she doesn't. <laughs> I get the impression, even though you haven't said these words, but you've said all the words that would mean this, that your history of being a prostitute did not make it so that you don't love sex. Do you still love sex? Oh, my God. Oh, sweet Sister Twain, you <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> I, okay. I, mm, <laughs> oh. I like sex in the sense that um, it connects me to an, a moment in my life where I felt like even though there were things I didn't like about it. I felt very empowered because I was making money and I felt very proud because I, I mean, as a trans woman, obviously I have a lot of issues with the way that I look, you know, I don't feel pretty. And, um, and you know, I think she's beautiful by the way. And I told her that when she got here and she said, that's a trigger word for me, but we'll talk about that later. (laughs) So beautiful is a trigger word for me because the voice in my head immediately goes into you're trans, you know, you are not beautiful. You have so many things that you need to hide. Mm. 
And also it takes me into the direction of, oh, okay, what, how, what do I need to charge them? What do they want? What do they oh, like? Wow. You know, what I start to read them and I think, okay, are they going to want the koi whore? Do they want the pure seeming slut? Do they want the, you know, tiger enchantress, you know, like. So as soon as someone <laughs> says the word beautiful. Yeah. Or some, is it, is it specifically that word or any kind of compliment? Any about you kind physically? of, any kind of physical compliment. Like, oh, your hair looks pretty today. You're like, all right, do they want the school girl? You immediately are well, thinking of them as like a John. I think maybe like hair or like if someone were to be like, oh girl, you look fierce. Like uh, that doesn't bother me. Because Johns would never say that. Right. Right. It's, it's the little like simple like compliments like, oh, you look beautiful or like, oh, look at, you know, look at your legs or something that's like just very much about your physical appearance, your physical appearance, uh-huh. not like your fashion or like your hair or okay. your makeup. Okay. okay. That makes like total sense. real, just like real, just the body. Then I go, oh, what do I need to perform as? Yeah. Wow. I mean, so, but my question was, how do you feel about sex today? <laughs> you like it? I, dot, dot, dot. I like it. And there are moments like... Um, so I've had SRS and I don't know what that is. Sex reassignment surgery. Oh, okay. So I have a vagina and I said that so loud and proud. I have a vagina. vagina! Um, so I have one. Oh, I hope you don't have the neighbors. Um, the windows are closed. The windows are open. No, I closed it. The the fan, but they can't hear through the fan. It's fine. Oh, okay. Yeah. The fan blocks sound waves Mm because that's how that works. (laughs) Um, or they get like the. (laughs) You guys, my neighbors have seen so many things. Like I, because I've never lived in a place with neighbors this close, and so I'll just like walk down in the morning in my underwear, and then I'll be like, oh, all the windows are open. I should probably close those, you know. So if someone's walking by, they see a forty-two, forty-two-year-old man. That's actually where that that painting came from. That's not a painting of me. That's a painting of my friend. Anyway, it looks just like him though. I know. Anyway, um, so I. What are, what are you talking about? I don't sex you today. Like sex. I like sex, but you've had SRS, oh, and so I you have, have a vagina. vagina. Okay, okay. So I have a vagina, and I've had it since I was twenty-five, and I'm thirty-one. So that's six years. I can do math. Mm. And like recently, my husband went down on me, and like I actually let go. You actually like lived I in the moment. For the first actually, time. just enjoyed it. Oh. Instead of being in my head and being like, you know. Arch your back like this. Pull your belly in like this. Extend the toe. Flip the hair. Make these noises. Like, instead of going through, it's like a dance, you know? Well, I do. Brother Coffee doesn't. No, I... No. no. (laughs) Listen. No, I was going to say, like, I identify so much with that because for so many years, like, when I was in in a hetero marriage sex was so performative for me. Like mm-hmm. I just wanted to make sure that I was going through the motions the right way and that it, and that it appeared as though I was into it and I was turned on. So it was yes. all, it was very logical and very in my head and but, like, and about the noises I made and it, all of that stuff. Yeah. And so I think even now where I'm having sex with men, like I'm still doing the same thing. I'm like, am I enjoying this the right way? Am I making the right noises? Am I, is he having fun? Like, I, it's, I don't know that I've ever been in a moment where I've just let go and been in my, maybe yeah. a couple times, maybe a couple times where like, but, yeah, but yeah. But you're, for many years, your sex was so purely performative. Right. And your livelihood. And a job. Right. But I mean, when, like when you do a good job 
at the end of the day, you're like, fuck yeah, I deserve that paycheck, right? Yeah. And so in that sense, when I do a good performance, oh, I feel good about myself. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed that. Yeah. If I do a performance and it wasn't that great or my husband was just like not on it that day, then I hate it. Yeah. I'm like, wow. what the, why the fuck did I try so hard, you know, and, and once again, I've got no self-worth or whatever, you know. Right. <laughs> whatever. All those, all those dark voices come crawling out of my dark, creepy, black coffee head. <laughs> and, um, so, so yeah, I, I like sex. I love it and I need it in a very unhealthy way. Um, but I'm recently learning how to actually enjoy it in like a loving way that helps me connect with my husband. Wow. Wow. Bless your heart. Bless your heart. I'm so like with so many of our guest stars, I hear, I hear things that they say and, and you put, shove the microphone in my face and I don't have anything to say. (laughs) I'm just like processing this other human. I want you to say things because I think you have wise, insightful things to say. I really do. (laughs) She does, but she also has checks to crunch. She's got checks mix. It's a delicious sour cream and onion checks mix. Okay. No, but I do I just, think like it's. I think the same thing when we meet with these lovely guests and they're so vulnerable and you share your stories and you talk about yourself um, in such an open and honest way. And I think like it's just like that forever reminder of like everyone's like going through some shit and connected. you don't know we are all connected. All Have you connected. ever heard the wolf cry to the blue corn moon? Yes. Yes, that's my husband. He's the wolf. Her husband is. She just showed us a picture. He's like, he's my my type. He's like a sexy Jeremiah Johnson. Yeah, yeah. He's like Adam (laughs) Ponape. He's Adam Ponape, and I want him to take me up the mountain after the avalanche. Figuratively Mm -hmm. speaking, and literally. Where Where do you want to go from here with your story? So I well, first I just have to say my husband loves when I talk about our sex life Uh, in a public forum. You are welcome, honey. Are you being sarcastic or does he really? so sarcastic. He's always like, why does everybody got to know about what's going on in our bed? And I'm like, I don't know, hun, because I've got lots of shit to deal with and I need I need I gotta other, process it. I need Can I ask you a question about your husband? Does he oh, yeah. identify as a gay man? No, he's so... Um, I have such... Would you like to see my vagina? No, I know. No, would you no, like to I'm, see what he was eating out? No, I'm just, I'm just curious about... Like, so did he meet you after, like, sort of post-transition? <gasps> Let's go this. Let's, let's go, go there. Because okay, okay. I'm so. Wait. Let's okay. take a little break because we're oh, we're yeah. at okay, about right. break time. Okay. But I'm very curious to hear about your relationship with him and his his identity and yes. you know all of that kind of stuff because I'm fascinated with that. So we're gonna take a break. Okay, we're back. We wanted to hear about your husband Gary, yes. who looks like Adam Ponape. Yes, my husband Gary. So we met at school. We were in college. One of the um, colleges in Utah County. There aren't very many. <laughs> and um, so he, we had a mutual friend. We actually did not know each other. We had a mutual friend. And um, they, they introduced us. Uh, my, my, um, so Gary had to do a, for a class, he had to do like this project where he like interviewed someone from a different cultural background. Okay. And my very white, middle class, upper middle class, Mormon you know, Gary was like, well, everyone in my class is doing Latin American, like Central American people. <laughs> cause like there's, cause we have some, some Latin Americans in, in, in Utah. A County. few, a, a few. few. Yeah. And, um, so he's like, well, I want to try and do something a little different. And there were two things. Like one, he was like, okay, hey, I have a friend who served his mission in Japan. 
Um, but he's like, I also am really interested in like the LGBT community because his teacher had said something about how, you know, if you are Hispanic or Japanese or or African-American or, you know, whatever culture you're from, even if you live here in, in White Valley, Utah, you can go home to your people and get your culture and still have that. But if you were from an LGBT background, you probably go home and it might even be worse. Yeah, that's true. Because nobody understands you. Right. And like that... You don't he, have your people yeah, necessarily. He really like... He, that like stuck in his brain. So he told this mutual friend, this is what I'm thinking about. And his friend was like, oh, I've got someone. He's like... She's half Japanese. I've got a Japanese LGBTQ person <laughs> for you. Yeah. And so he introduced us. We met in this. And like my husband is, you can tell, like he looks like the kind of man that's like, I'm going to go up into the mountains and leave me the fuck alone. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so he does not like conversations. And this <laughs> interview scenario made it really easy for him to just kind of like bombard me with questions and it was totally okay. Which he probably wouldn't have done if this was like a blind date or right. something. Okay. Yes. Okay. And so I just, you know, told him everything. And in my mind, I was, I mean, I was, oh God, I was like seeing so many men professionally and <laughs> personally that I did not give any thoughts to this. Did you think he was cute? Yeah. I thought he was very cute, very friendly. And the fact that like he told me, cause he kind of opened it with like, these are the two things. And when he said that like he kind of, you know, wanted to understand what it's like to be LGBTQ in this community, I was like, oh, oh my God. Yeah. Like, you have a real soul and a yeah. head. <laughs> like, you have a real brain and a real soul in that body of yours. And um, and then weeks later, he asked me out. Oh. And, I mean, of course, I was really fucked up. So, like, we dated for a few months, and I, like, hated myself, and I was kind of still working on the side, not, like, you know, not really telling him. Did, did we say when this was, this meeting? I was 24. Okay, okay. So yeah. six or so, six, seven years ago. Okay. Yeah. And, um... Had he dated a trans person before? No. Did and you have is, to have, like, a, oh. a talk about that? Or was it a thing? Or was it just not a thing? Or... <sighs> So he tried really hard to just, like, be so okay with it, right? And in his mind, like, I'm this confident person that can, like, come to a first meeting and be like, listen to all of my life, <laughs> right, right? Right, right, right. But in reality, I have so many, like, personal issues, sure. especially about my body. And, like, for my birthday, he thought it would be funny. So I used to do duct tape, and I was good with the duct tape. Whoa, wait, what were you doing with the duct tape? <laughs> so I when would, one does duct tape, what does that mean? I would use little bits of duct tape kind of torn into like specific sizes and pieces to rearrange my downstairs. Oh, okay, okay. To look like I had a vulva. Oh. I mean, it was convincing enough that at the tight end, we would get onto this thing called Omegle Chat or Chat Roulette. Oh, I would know Chat Roulette. Yes. Yeah. And um, we'd, we'd put it up on the big screen and we put me in front of the camera and I would do various things. And once the men you know, showed their penises to us, we would turn the camera around to the gaggle of gays sitting on a couch and then they would hold up signs raiding the penis. <gasps> Those bitches. <laughs> Aren't they the worst? I love them. <laughs> so this was like tuck this was like AP tucking, like oh, advanced placement right. tucking. Okay. This was this was a, a marriage of origami and the invention of duct tape. <laughs> Your Japanese culture came yes. together. To make your penis look like a vulva. Once again, Japan and America came together to make something beautiful besides myself. (laughs) 
So anyway, I don't know where we were going. So, so we were going to... We were talking about your husband. So my husband bought me some duct tape. It was purple. Because he was like, oh, look, like I'm being supportive of like who you are. Uh-huh. And I was like, are you bringing attention to the fact that I have a penis? And that like... I was like, uh-uh, like oh. not cute, not a cute oh. present, triggered emotionally, oh. hate myself, like so much bullshit, right? So we actually, I break up with him at, like we dated for a few months and I broke up with him. I just could not handle being in a relationship with someone who was trying really hard to be accepting, but also couldn't get it. Yeah. Because he's born and raised hetero white you know and he just doesn't understand and i'm not in the like emotional place to be okay with that yeah so we break up i i go back hardcore to working like you know back to seeing john's back to working i had sort of stopped while i was dating mike for those few months but um after after having to do... I mean, like, it's hard to make out with someone and then to be able to become aware that they're awkward because they can feel that you have an erection. Oh. And he's trying so hard to hide it because he's a good person. But also, I hate myself. But this is a new thing for him. And <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. So, um, we break up. I go back to, you know, being a whore. And then <laughs> when we... Uh, when I, I... So I go through this whole, like, spiritual coaching program and I meet with this woman it's like a six-week healing program she does these amazing like guided meditations energy work like personal self-realization and I come to this point where I'm like okay I am currently making three thousand dollars a month from just my johns I also have a job I'm also going to school I kind of am seeing this other guy but I'm still interested in my Gary. In <laughs> Gary. Your, in your Gary. You said my Gary. Yes. What my, I heard was you saying my Gary. My Gary. Yeah. So I'm like still interested in Gary because like he really, you know, I really knew that like he saw me and he really wanted me and like he loved me so much, even though I hated myself right. and I couldn't handle that he loved me. Right. You would you would know nothing. Oh girl, about that. girl, girl, girl. <laughs> If someone so. ever loved me deeply, I don't even know what I, I don't know how I'd process. Yes. And um, we do some, you know, witchy shit. And I create that I'm going to leave this life that I've been creating for myself. And I'm going to just take the plunge. So Mike and I get back together. I have surgery. Gary. Fuck. <laughs> Gary and I get back together. I have surgery. I have a vagina. We have a happy life in the mountains now with no problems because prostitution has left no scars on me. Not at all. Not at all. So let's then talk about that. Should we have a break? Let's take a break. We can take a break. Okay. Okay. We're going to take a break. So we're back and Sister Naughty has no scars from her days of prostitution. None whatsoever. You just said, I am done with that life. You picked up and you moved on, like a, a happy and complete full woman. Like a butterfly just coming out of that shell, clean, no, Gorgeous, no strings attached, no, no. No, no bits of that chrysanth- chrys- chrysalis, what do you call that thing? I like how you almost said chrysanthemum. <laughs> no bits of a chrysanthemum stuck to me, governor. Okay, so let's, 
Let's yeah. really talk about that, though. So tell me about... So you decide to leave prostitution. Well... Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I was just going to say, like, your marriage. But before that, before the marriage, kind of back in the dating, like, this just kind of gives an idea of what I was trying to deal with. Because he's a nice, like, a fucking nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, a goddamn fuck cunt nice guy. <laughs> fucking nice guys. I don't think those words normally go together, but <laughs> it makes sense though. Like I have an I have a picture in my head of Gary, the fucking nice mountain man. Yes. And like so when we were first dating, before we you know, before we broke up, I was giving him a blowjob. Mm. And, you know, of course I had no gag reflex back then. It's come back with a vengeance. Oh, congratulations. I know. <laughs> so thrilled. Um is that hail? It's getting stormy. That's because this story is about to take a turn. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is upset. I love it when the story takes a turn. So I'm, I'm giving him a blowjob, and he is just like, I cannot believe how good you are at this. And of course, I, being the you know whore that I am, was just like, well, you have no idea how many times I've done this. Like, I... <laughs> He loses his erection. Oh. Most guys are like, yeah, this fucking slut. I'm just going to face fuck her. No. He loses his erection because he cannot, like, he's, like, heartbroken that I've had to have this life. Oh, my God. And I was like, in that moment, I was like, fuck you, you bastard. How dare you come to my life at 24 and then be nice to me? How dare you? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. (laughs) Like, I have lived dealing with shitty men. Men taking me to a... Okay, when I was in high school, a boy took me to a parking lot of a high school um, on the other side of town and said he wouldn't drive me home until I gave him a blowjob. Like, I... I have had boys, you know, have sex with me, and then when I'm the one getting in trouble... They are, like, lying. Right, right, right. Right? And then blessing and passing the sacrament the exactly. next day. Yeah. Like, I just, like, I'm, I, like, hate men to some degree. Mm. And then for Mike to all of a sudden be this, like, oh, God damn it, Gary. <laughs> for Gary to be this, like, knight in shining army, armor and, like, say nice things and feel bad for me. like yeah, fuck him. And, and, like, and by this time, I've been... I've been prostituting for years, like six years or something. Like I just like, I kind of hated him because I loved it. Yeah. And so I broke up with him. (laughs) (laughs) How dare he show up and be nice. Yes. I really like, I really, I like, I hated Jesus. I hated God. Like, I was like, I don't want to believe that there are nice people like this, like it's nice e- men. Yeah, it's easier to believe that the right. everyone's out to get you. I'm like, I've learned to play this game. Why are you changing the rules on me? Was Gary still, like, going to church at this point? Was no. he Okay, okay. No, no, no. So his he, family is Mormon, but at this point he was not right. participating in right. Mormonism. Okay. Well, and he is, like, a very sciencey brained person, which, I mean, works so great since I'm, like, this hippie witch, right? Right, right, right. He's like, I love science and math. And I and you're like, I'm going to make an offering to the earth. Yes. <laughs> exactly. I'm, like, getting off to the moon, like, rubbing one out while the full moon's above me. Oh, my God. 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 <laughs> so, anyway. Is it better in a full, during a full moon? Oh, my God. Really? Well, I was in my hot tub. And like the moon comes in up. your mountain home. Yes, God it comes up it. over the mountains, and I was just like, "Oh, 
sweet Gaia. Like, that is so beautiful. And, like, I was just filled with feminine power. Oh. And so I rubbed one out. It was amazing. It was to the moon. I'm proud of you. I did not think of a man. Just thought of the moon. I did not think of my own vagina. I just thought about how beautiful the earth and the moon were. And that's what got me off. It's hot. Get it. That is really hot. Rub one out to the moon. Come to my mountain, Sister Twain. We'll... We'll rub one out together. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> there has been some sort of implied propositioning of Sister Twain on this podcast, but that was a pretty direct proposition. Come to the mountain house and we'll rub one out together. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. Right. Yeah. It's sexual. There has not been implied propositioning to me because if it ever starts to turn that way, I'm like, oh, my phone broke. The podcast is over. You guys, we're going to have to record another day. Anyway. Okay, so you right. break up with Gary. I broke up. Well, with and I don't know. I don't know how like, how many specifics in the story you want to get into, but well, so those are the strings and blah blah blah. Going to like the scars that have actually like continued through our marriage. Um, I am much more of a sexual person than Gary is. Okay, and part of it is because I am really attached to this concept of my self worth coming from my sexual performance not my sexual what's the word like you you enjoy it and not your pleasure your sexual fulfillment oh okay like it's not that i'm so you're not being graded on how you feel you're being graded on like how well you made how how good you did and how well you made the other person feel and you know how good you made the other person feel he is you know, he's not as sexual as I am, which was difficult for me to deal with because in my line of work, <laughs> I was used to men who were just like really horny. And so that's been like such a shift for me. And we are constantly having these like conversations and arguments because I I start to hate myself because I'm not getting a chance to perform. Oh, wow, okay. wow, 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 wow. You know, and it's, like, and it, for him, it's just that he's like, he's fine and he doesn't, he's not necessarily in the mood or whatever. But for you, it's like, right. yeah. Well, and like, think about, so think about performers, right? You have like dancers and like, for no fucking reason, that graceful bitch will do a pirouette yeah. in the middle of a store, right? Fuck her. Fuck her. <laughs> that graceful bitch. Okay. Uh-huh. Or like some amazing singer. She'll just start singing for no reason. And it sounds amazing. And you want to punch her in the throat. Right, yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm the sex performer. <laughs> You're the sex version of that. <laughs> yeah. 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 And like, I, sometimes I can't help it. Like I just feel the need to give a look or to do something to flirt just enough that like someone in the room wants me. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. And and that, like, is really hard for me to not do because it's my personality. My personality has developed to be very sexual from childhood. Mm-hmm. So when I, when I do that, it, it might bother him. It might bother me because I'm like, oh, fuck, why did I do that again? Mm-hmm. And, and, like, it just it causes arguments sometimes. And it always comes back to... Once again, we're dealing with the fact that, like, I don't have any self-worth unless I'm putting myself out there. Right. And, which is really healthy. God, it's so hot in here. Like, (laughs) okay, funny thing. When you are doing, like, a massage or, like, energy work or, like, a foot zone, um, even though you're not moving, like, the person sitting in the chair, as they start to release emotionally or energetically, Mm -hmm. they get hot. 
Like okay. they get hot, they get sweaty, and I am just doing so much releasing. Oh, yes, you are. <laughs> yes, yes. So. Let's know. take a little break. Oh, yeah. I hate myself. Let's take a break. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a little break, and then we'll perhaps dig into your hating yourself. But I would also love to hear about the work you do now with energy and cleansings <gasps> and foot zoning and all that kind of That's stuff. That's like a whole other podcast. Oh, okay. Oh, shoot. <laughs> but because we have to dive into, I just realized, like, we haven't talked about all the time that, like, like in the church, in the Boy Scouts, that I have been propositioned. Oh, my God. All right. Let's take a break. Let's take a break. We're back. We're going to talk about the Boy Scouts. <laughs> the Boy Scouts of America. Which the church no longer is affiliated with because they are open-minded. Yes. The Boy Scouts were like, yeah, uh, yeah, trans boys can be in the Boy Scouts. That's fine. And yeah. the church was like, peace out, bitches. Mm-hmm. It's the worst. Oh, I can I really quickly, I'm sorry. This is not what we had said that we were going to talk about. But I was walking through the Salt Lake City and I had to walk near the temple. Uh-huh. I am still, like, I have done so much energy work, releasing magic, trying to forgive the LDS church, and I still fucking hate them. Yeah. Me too. I, I've i never tried to forgive them. Yeah. I, re- I refuse to call them, I, don't, I will not connect them with Jesus Christ because it has nothing to do with yeah. what Jesus Christ taught. Zero. Yeah. They are the Mormons or they're the Latter-day Saints, but yeah. they are not the Church of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. Thank you. So, um, so we get it. Yeah. I have not also not forgiven them. I also cannot walk by Temple Square without feeling a lot of physical pain. The pain manifests physically for me. It's, it's always so hard because I think like, I'll get this sometimes from friends of mine that are in the church still that'll, you know, that, you know, I'll, I'll have a nephew or something that's, that's having some church ordinance and they'll be like, well, can't you go and just support like the cult, you know, support them and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And like, I was going to say the culture, I didn't mean to say the cult, but, but like it really, like, I can't, like, I can't, I fizz, like I, the last time I was in a church was for my dad's funeral. Um, but like, I don't think that I could, and, and like that felt like, I could do that. You know what I mean? Like I could, like I, I needed to show up for that. And so I could kind of power through that, but like, I'm not going to show up at a church for like somebody's baptism. And, and I, and I know that we want to be all PC and be like, Oh, but you're just like a loving family member. And you'd show up if they were, you know, getting ready to go on their, you know, whatever their, uh, peace corps mission or, you know, whatever, like, but like, no, like I can't show up to your, I, it's hard for me to show up to your mission farewell and be like, good luck out there spreading the bigotry and the hatred, you know? Exactly. I mean, it, like, there's just so many levels of like personal self-hatred and then like this feeling of like needing to protect people from the experiences that you had in that cult. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, and I feel that so strongly, like I have a sister who is kind of in between on the fence and like, it is so hard because when she starts dealing with personal, like self-hatred issues and like wanting to have sex or whatever, I'm like, I want to give you all the advice in the world to run screaming, but I am trying so hard to be like correct and balanced and like, and respectful. Right. You make your own choices. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard. Yeah. 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 But anyways, so speaking of hard things, <laughs> in the Boy Scouts of America, also mm-hmm. the young men's, because okay. that's like the young men's and the Boy Scouts in my time were, were the one and the thing. same. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were one and the same. Um, oh, funny story. Just like a side story. Sorry, I'm getting You're off fine. top. 
there was an activity once where we had like the young men had to do like stereotypically girl things to like see how hard it is to be a woman and the, oh the girls <laughs> had to God. do stereotypically boy things to see how hard it was to be a boy or whatever and i like excelled okay they <laughs> they they were like, you have to knit something. And I and was like, like making fucking a fucking here. sweater. Yeah. <laughs> and then they You're were like, like, it's a cardigan. It has a belt. I've done a, I've done a fair isle cable knit on the front. And I've done uh, a whipped stitch on the back. I don't know if those are knitting terms. Sure. Um, and then like there was one where like you had to hold the baby while mixing some like cake batter or something. that's what girls do. And women's work. And you had to have a phone. I love like, that. In your ear, like, you know, holding... Because you were gabbing with your right. girlfriends. And so I was, like, and I did it like a star. I was, like, talking about so-and-so who ate an entire cake by herself. And I was just so worried about her emotional state. And What I love about this story is this story sounds like something that an 80-year-old would tell about back 60 years ago when I was a child. This is what we did in church. No, no, you're 31. Yes. So this was, like, 15 years yeah. ago, you know? Yeah. Uh, when we were like, you know what girls do is they hold babies, they gab on the phone, mm-hmm. and, and they make cakes. a cake. And the girls had to. When's like... the last time you made a cake, Sister Twain? Um, I have no idea. More than a year or two or three. I mean, sometimes I just make a cake because I'm bored. Right. So suck on that patriarchy. Uh, the women had to like screw something, I think. <laughs> like turn a screw. Uh, they were like, this yeah. hurts my feminine wrists. <laughs> So the Boy Scouts of America, um, we would go on like camping trips because that's a huge thing, right? You'd go on so many camping trips. And I mean, when you have this kind of thin, hairless, I don't grow hair, by the way. Um, Oh, touch my leg. I know it's bruised up real bad right now. It's not because I'm a whore. It's just because I don't have any. It's not from S&M. My blood can't clot. (laughs) Um, So I don't grow hair on most of my body. It's a very smooth leg. Um, and Even pre-hormones and things? Right. Okay, congratulations. Just, you know, that atom bomb came to Hiroshima and it just wiped <laughs> the hair away. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm the worst person in the world. Ah! Don't like me. Anyways, so, you know, you've got this lanky, smooth, awkward, effeminate thing lying next to you and you're a horny male. What do you do? You rub up against it, of oh, course. My God. So, like, in the middle of the night, I cannot tell you, like, how many times I had some Boy Scout in his sleeping bag, like, rubbing up against me. And eventually, you know, it would, like, lead to a blowjob or a handy or something. Wow, wow, wow. Which is why then a man felt it was, oh, I shouldn't say man, a young man felt that it was okay to drive me to a high school parking lot right. and tell me he wouldn't take me home, right? right? right I right. mean, it wasn't like he's just like a total asshole, right? I had made a reputation for myself. Mm-hmm. No. And he's still a total asshole, to be clear. <laughs> to be clear, it's not your fault. No, let myself hatred shine. <laughs> I'm only good at hating myself. I'm not good at letting other people hate themselves. Um, I will let anyone self hate and then I'll try and give them like spiritual advice. Um, <laughs> so that's like, I mean, that's like one, one story. What's another, another? Oh, so the first time I gave a blow job, we were in a tent, of course, cause that's how almost all of these stories start. In a tent. <laughs> 
girl got turned in a tent. Turned in a tent. I mean, tranny. Tranny got turned. Oh. We can't say that word. You oh. can. Oh, okay. I mean, you're allowed to. Is that like a thing? Oh, yeah. I, we don't I say mean, tranny anymore. I it's really, horrible. I really feel like if you it's just. It's like I can say faggot, but if someone else says faggot, it's offensive. I was a little faggot. Yeah, you can say I it was too. such a. I but mean. If, but if Ashley says it. Oh, you mean, okay. you mean. <gasps> that's the first time. That's the first time I've ever messed up. If Sister Twain says it. Anyway. shut it down now. The whole Just end the podcast because now they know who we are. Anyway. Now we can't trust Gary. I mean, Brother Coffee. Um, so, so I was in the tent and like this, you know, this boy rolls over and just happens to put his arm over across me, right? Because he's like tossing and turning in his oh, sleep. Oh, he's just sleepy. Oh. So, so sleepy. And, um... And then, like, the hand moves down and whatnot, and things are touched and rubbed and whatnot. And um, I also, because I'm rather hairless, I went down on him, and I was like, oh, my God, there is so much hair down here. (laughs) (laughs) I was, like, not prepared. I was probably 14. Oh, my God. Maybe 13. Um, Yes, because we had just recently moved to the States again. Um, so I was about 13 wow. and, um, so I'm going, like I was going down on him and I, like, at first I just like, I just kind of wanted to see it. Like mm-hmm. I just kind of wanted to see it. He kind of wanted my head down there. Um, like one does, you know, push your head down near his penis. <laughs> and so I like start going, you know, working on it, but I can't really do anything. And then like he came in my mouth and like he was not prepared i was not prepared like i'm i'm fairly confident he had never had anyone like suck his dick before so he didn't even realize what was happening and like i it was one of those moments because like as soon as he came he was done yeah he didn't want to like touch me yeah or anything and so i just lied there with this like flavor of cum in my mouth being like what just happened why was his penis so hairy? Mm-hmm. I didn't really have a healthy sex education. Right. Um, because I was raised in, in a Mormon culture where they fight saying, oh, sex should be taught in the home. Mm-hmm. And then they don't. Don't of teach sex in the not. home. Yeah. Of yeah. course not. Yeah. Um, I literally, like, at 19, I sat my parents down and said, holy shit, my sister doesn't know anything about sex. And they and my dad was like, well, it is, it is mom's job. And I was like, mom, do you want her to be taught by you or do you want me to teach her? And my dad was like, it is the mother's job. And my mom was like, I'd rather you did it. Oh my gosh. And I was like, fuck you, dad. I'm going to teach her because she's 19, god damn it. And then I taught her everything. I pulled out my dildos. I pulled things out. Showed her. Yeah. It's... I just don't, I don't know how they think that can be healthy, you know? And I get it that it's awkward. Like I have, you know, you and I have talked about this. Like we have boys the same age that are teenagers and that are dating. And, you know, like you have to have a lot of awkward conversations with them about like things that might happen. And are they emotionally ready? And what does that mean? And what is, is it, you know, you can say yes this time and you can say no next time. Like Mm -hmm. we have to have all those awkward conversations with them. And I'm not looking forward to it. Are you looking forward to it? I've already started. Okay, yeah. Yeah, we're having it, like, next week. Sister Twain is just, like, laying down, like, curled up in a ball, chewing her nails. <laughs> in the She's injured. So let's take a little break about after your traumatic childhood. Yeah. And then we're going to talk about some healing and some yes. self-hatred. 
a little bit, a little bit of both. Releasing self hatred. Releasing self hatred. By self hatred. Let's take a break. (laughs) We're back. I don't know. It's been a journey. I don't know that we've recovered. <laughs> it's been a journey. Sister Twain's kind of still in the fetal position. Are you okay? I just want to hear about some healing because I think it'll help me out of this position. Okay. So you had a lot of sexual trauma in your childhood. You uh, spent many years as a sex worker that you chose for yourself, but still obviously caused a lot of damage and issues and different ways of thinking about yourself. You met a man who had the audacity to love you and to, to cherish you. Oh, what a piece of shit. <laughs> Damage. And here we are now, and you've done some sexual healing. Maybe not sexual healing, <laughs> as Madonna says, but you've, right. you've worked on some healing. Yes, I wish it were more sexual, but I'm afraid it was just mostly spiritual healing. Okay. Um, I, so, so kind of going back to that discussion about the, like, the spiritual coaching and all of that, um, I also started doing... Like, I had been doing yoga for a while, but then I started learning, like, the real yoga and how, like, the exercise was actually, like, a tiny portion of this whole big, like, spiritual, um, you know, mental, emotional thing. And it started helping me realize, like, there was some distance between my body and Granted, I was already aware of this disconnect with like what was my body and what was my spiritual self. Because mm-hmm. as a trans person, like right. you don't identify with your physical body right. that There's much. There's already a separation. Yeah, there. and so you f- you have these conversations almost in your head between who you are as for my you know for me it was a woman, but then my body that was male. And, um, so there's like lots of conversations that would happen between that. So then that sort of translated into these conversations that I would have with my body during yoga and meditation and like spiritual healing. And I started developing this dialogue with like areas of my body where I was holding tension and pain. And then a lot of it kind of residing within like the root chakra, right? So the, the lowest area of the body, especially where kind of, you know, your penis or vagina is, um, and having a dialogue with what's going on down there and how can I release these things? And like, so the moon, like my moon jack off <laughs> was actually a very healing experience for me because I was able to have sexual pleasure and release, but it had nothing to do with what my, you know, the previous conversation around sexuality had been very much with men, for men, about men, paid for by men, like just, you know, and then for it to be completely just about the moon and the earth and myself and like the feminine divine was incredible. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then, you know, being able to have that conversation, there was a moment where I was meditating in a, uh, Padmasana, which is like the lotus where you, your legs are crossed. And I was having some hip pain and it just occurred to me to ask my hip, why are you in pain? And my hip replied, when we're being forced like this, it's because a man is pushing our legs. Whoa. And I was like, you know, convulsing in this meditation. And I was like, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry that happened. And 
that's not going to happen again. We have a healthy relationship. And the pain went away. Like, I've had so much more hip openness. And, like, you know, and then, of course, a couple months later, I have this amazing sexual experience with my husband where he can go down on me and I don't feel the need to do... To perform. Right. Um, And so those sorts of, like, spiritual emotional I mean it all happens together right right like the damage happens all together the healing happens all together as well was there a conscious decision for you of like okay I'm fucked up I need to start like actively seeking ways to heal myself or do you feel like it was just kind of the natural progression of like getting into a healthier relationship and you know being being more okay with yourself or what what did that what did the start of that journey look like you know, it was a little of both. I mean, I did the, the sexual healing and I was at a crossroads, right? I'm, I have some sugar daddies. I have this dumb master guy that like kind of protects me. And like, you know, there's a whole thing behind there where like he was going to go off to school and like wanted me to come with him. Um, but then I kind of liked Gary still. Mm-hmm. That was a close one. Yeah. <laughs> um, and my my shaman woman was like, you need to make the decision because she's like, you have the power to create the life you want. So if you want this life of, of money and sex and, you know, these really powerful, beautiful things that a woman can choose to have, you can have that. She says, or you can have this other, other thing. Like you, you have to create it. Yeah. And so that was the moment where I was like, okay, fuck, I'm going to bite the bullet and I'm going to pretend like I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I cut ties off with all the, like all the men I'd been sleeping with. Was that difficult? Were there like, were there reactions like averse or hard or was it, is that sort of normal for just to be like, okay, this is done now? Well, I mean, I had a, I had a, you know, I had a fet life. I had a. I had all these like email accounts and like things and I just, I just shut them all down. And so there was literally no way for them to contact me. Oh, okay. I blocked them on my phone. Like they just couldn't. And I do know that like one or two Johns tried contacting like my, my master and seeing if they could get through to me. But he also knew like he was very, I mean, he was an incredible man. Like he just was so accepting and supportive of wherever I was. Um, and so he did a fantastic job of not saying this isn't a thing anymore. Right. Okay. And, and so it was actually really easy. Okay. Great. On that part, the emotional part was, you know, years, Mm -hmm. but, but that part of cutting off ties worked out really well for me. Was was there, was it difficult financially? I mean, obviously like you had to turn your back on a lot of money. Like that would be really hard. I'm so bad with money. Uh huh. I am so bad with money. It is not even funny. Like I have no concept of how to spend money wisely because I've always had a way to make more money. Mm -hmm. And, um, so my husband is in charge of our finances. I literally have no idea what it costs to do the things that we do. Um, and I make a little bit of money for myself to, you know, pay for like my car and like my student loans, but everything else is covered by my husband. And, Oh, God bless him. Yeah. Goddess bless him because I'm a that's, fuck up. That's going to be some mental work you're going to have to do down the road. <gasps> yes. There's so much work. <laughs> that's always my beef. I'm like, oh, being happy seems so hard. 
so much easier to just be unhappy. I don't want to fix all these things. It's a lot of work. You got to deal with shit if you're broke. You got to deal with shit if you're fixing it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. All right. Sister Twaint. I, uh, I've had about as much as I can handle today. (laughs) Yeah, we're getting you ready to wrap up. I just wanted to know, where are you at emotionally? Do you have anything else you want to ask? Deep cleansing breath. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I, I don't, I don't have anything to add. Uh, my emotional state is, uh, just, I I don't know how to describe it. Okay. Um, I have nothing. I'm useless right now. Okay. So I'll wrap us up. Um, (laughs) so first of all, just thank you so much for coming and being willing to tell your story and you're lovely. And I'm so glad we got to meet you. Um, I think, you know, I kind of said this before, but I think like, it's just so, I I don't want to use the word interesting because that makes it sound like it's fun and cute, but it's so interesting how we allow this shame culture we live in to, hurt people and then allow those people to hurt other people and then allow those people as a couple to hurt people. You know, like I just think it's just so, I mean, and far be it for me to preach mental health to anyone, but I just think like, it's so insane that we, that, that so many of these problems could just be alleviated us by us just letting people be who they need to be and just being like, okay, cool. That's who you want to be. Great. Like, that's fine. I don't care, you know, but so much shame and anger and pain is associated with us trying to either force ourselves to be a certain way or force other people to be a certain way. And then, and then that compounds and then your anger is direct, you know, it just, it becomes this vicious cycle. So, um, so I'm glad you found some healing and you're obviously like on a very healing journey with your energies and your witchiness and all that stuff. We love a witch. Oh yeah. We love a witch. So, um, okay. Anything, anything, any final thoughts you want to add? When in doubt, pussy out. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. That's all we got. So this has been hot drinks. I'm brother Jack coffee. Did we ask her the fifth question? What do you know to be true now? Yeah. I think you were taking photos of bottles then. then. That's, we are all connected. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I'm Brother Jack Coffee. I'm Sister Twain. Thank you, Abby Naughty. <gasps> Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Coffee and Twain. Coffee Twain. Coffee Twain. <laughs> um, so you can follow us on Instagram at Hot Drinks if you want to see. Oh, wait. Oh, so we're doing a new segment. <laughs> it's called Things We Found in Brother's Cof- Brother Coffee's House. <laughs> and we will post a photo of something that Sister Twain found in my house. I'm going to let Abby describe because Abby was really fixated on this that she found in my house. Yeah, so yeah. what did you find on my house? And then Sister Twain's going to post a photo. So if you want to see it, you need to go follow us on Instagram at Hot Drinks. I, I, I stumbled upon this lovely protrusion <laughs> that had two small jewels hanging below it. And that's all that I have to say. Okay, so if you want to know what the lovely protrusion with the two small jewels is, you'll have to go to our Instagram account and follow us at Hot Drinks. And this is going to be a new segment. It's called Things I Found in Brother Coffee's House. Um, when you take the picture, it has to be 
Yeah, they're they're staging the photos. So you can also email us at hotdrinksforthebelly at gmail.com. Leave us an anchor review. If you want to support the podcast monetarily, then sign up for our Patreon at patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash hotdrinks. You get fun little bonuses and a newsletter with recipes and funny things and, and presents in the mail and all sorts of stuff. You can, you can support for as little as $1 a month, but you can also send us as much money as you want. So anyway, that's all. We love you. Be gentle to one another. <laughs> Goodbye.